Numbers chapter 22 and verse 22. Numbers 22, verse 22. And God's anger was kindled because he went. And as he went, Balaam is a false prophet. He's a soothsayer. He's a multi-faith man. He has set off to meet Balak, the king of Moab, who has requested his services in order to curse Israel. Yet God has already told Balaam that he, the false prophet, would never be able to curse Israel, for the Lord has in fact determined to bless them. During the night, God has given Balaam permission to go with the Moabite envoys on his journey to Moab. But this permission was actually a giving up of Balaam to his own sinful desires. That God might subsequently be glorified in Balaam's disobedience. So Balaam is allowed to go to the king of Moab. But the Lord is permitting this so that he will end up blessing Israel rather than cursing them. He will end up acting against his own personal desires. Now, although the Lord has permitted Balaam to go to Moab, God is angry with him because he is still harbouring the hope that the Lord's purpose, that the purpose of the one true God might yet be changed so that he can indeed bring down curses upon Israel. Balaam has his heart fixed on the promises of wealth and honour that Balak, the king of Moab, has made to him if Israel is cursed and prevented from invading his land. So as Balaam sets off with this vain hope of the God of Israel possibly changing course, The Lord is angry with him. What a low view of the one true God Balaam has. Imagining that he, a mere man, might yet manipulate the fixed purpose of the governor of all the earth. This is one of the non-believers' great problems today. He has far too low a view of the holiness and power of 
Almighty God. The non-Christian today thinks because of his human rights he has the power to ignore God. And if he chooses not to believe in God then that is legitimate justification for his unbelief. Because we live in an age of the idolatry of self. Sin is justified by people saying it's just me being me. God is not changeable and he cannot be manipulated as men can and as men are changeable. Almighty God is not subject to whims, moods, inducements or the spirit of the age. Almighty God does not change his commandments to men because the spirit of the age demands it. We read of our God in James 1 verse 17 that he is the father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. The prophet Samuel once said to King Saul, 1 Samuel 15 and verse 29, God is not a man that he should repent. I am the Lord, I change not. Malachi 3.6 Many false Christians today think that the unchanging word of God needs to be modified in order to accommodate contemporary ways of thinking. That is why we have seen so many churches capitulate, for example, to the forces of anti-Christian secular feminism. How little they understand the nature of God in the perfection of his holiness and the consistency of his ways. I, the Lord, change not. In contemporary Britain, we love to look down on previous generations. We think we have come of age. We think we are so much more sophisticated. And so we look down, for example, on, on those narrow-minded Victorians. But... God never changes. And man is not wiser than he was a hundred years ago or five hundred years ago. Man is not evolving into something ever wiser. He remains a wretched sinner in every generation. Now Balaam here 
He was a very spiritual person, but he did not sufficiently fear the God of all the earth. He acknowledged the existence of Israel's God. He even acknowledged the fact that he could only prophesy as God directed him. So like most dangerous spiritual teaching, he he embraced some truth. Yet he still thought that the God of all the earth could be appeased, just like the Gentile gods were. Appeased by the offering up of many sacrifices. Appeased by some kind of self-inflicted wound. He still thought that God could be made to change his mind. And that is the non-believer's problem today. He does not honour God for who he really is. In all his majesty and power. He does not understand God's unchanging nature. The non-Christian today insists that God must meet his way of thinking, his standards. So, because there is suffering in the world, the non-Christian says, well, I'm not going to believe in a God who allows suffering. Now, that is actually blasphemous arrogance. And it's also ignorance. Why is there suffering? Why is there sickness? Why is there death in this fallen world? The Bible tells us why. It is because of sin. It is man's fault, not God's fault. Yet man in his unbelief does not understand God's unchanging nature, his absolute sovereignty, and man's utter impotence in comparison. As Paul says in Romans 11 and verse 33, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? Or who hath been his counsellor? How men, falsely proud of their puny worldly wisdom, need utterly to humble themselves before Almighty God. Now we are told in this verse 22 here that God's anger was kindled against Balaam as he went to the king of Moab. Then we are informed that the angel of the Lord 
stood in the way for an adversary against him. Now he, Balaam, was riding upon his ass, and his two servants were with him. Balaam was on a mission which was in high-handed defiance of God's will. Therefore God now sends his messenger to stand in Balaam's path. But this is no ordinary messenger. This is not even a created angel. This messenger is the angel of the Lord. This messenger is the very Son of God himself. Appearing on earth before his incarnation. Because Jesus Christ, as the eternal Son of God, is in all the scriptures and has always been governing his world. So here we have an appearance of the second person of the Trinity before the false prophet Balaam. Standing there to oppose his evil intentions and those today who pursue a sinful path should reflect that Jesus Christ the governor of the earth will stand in their way and oppose them if they carry on verse 23 and the ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way and his sword drawn in his hand. So the Son of God carries a sword in his hand. Now, people don't like the Lord Jesus Christ being presented in this way. They don't mind him being presented as a 1960s hippie, but they do not want him standing in their way with a sword in his hand. He is there to oppose. And what danger people put themselves in who dare to defy the one true God who manifests himself in the person of Jesus Christ. We are reminded here of the appearance of the captain of the Lord's host to Joshua. Also, with a drawn sword. For he was about to bring down the city of Jericho for all its enmity against him. Now, Balaam does not actually see the angel of the Lord as Joshua did. And Balaam does not see the angel but his ass sees the angel. And this speaks volumes 
Joshua saw the angel of the Lord because he was a godly man. But Balaam does not see him. This is because of his spiritual blindness. And so this man, famous in the world at that time for receiving revelations from all kinds of gods, sees nothing at all when the one true God stands in front of him. A mere beast of the field, however, does see the angel. And that the way ahead is blocked. You see, people in their worldly sophistication imagine themselves to be so wise. But they simply cannot hear or see when God is speaking to them. In the stubbornness of their hearts, they quench the Holy Spirit striving with them. In terms of understanding to whom they are answerable and to whom they owe their life, the beasts of the field actually have better perception than many a rejecter of Jesus Christ. That's what a miserable situation it is, not to be a Christian. The animals understand spiritual realities better than they do. Now, we say that not to be insulting, but it's simply what the Bible teaches. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 3. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. But Israel doth not know, our sinful nation, a seed of evil doers, they have forsaken the Lord. You see, when people reject the one true God, they become like beasts. A farm animal has enough sense to submit to the master who feeds it. But the proud unbeliever will not submit to the God who gives him his daily bread. Balaam here, proud that the gods who are really evil spirits communicate with him. Well, in that pride, he cannot see the Son of God standing before him. And his heart is also blinded because it's fixed upon the things of this world. For all his skills in playing with the occult, Balaam is spiritually 
blind. And all without Christ today are likewise spiritually blind. Not understanding the corruption of their own hearts. Imagining themselves to be wise when in reality they are fools before God. I'm an enlightened modern person. I'm tolerant. I'm inclusive. I embrace diversity. I believe in equality. People think themselves to be so wise and so virtuous. But they are spiritually blinded. Indeed, everyone without Christ is spiritually blinded, without exception. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4. The God of this world, small g, Satan, the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So the non-Christian has a mind blinded by Satan himself. Yet, he tends to pride himself on his wisdom. All who reject Christ are spiritually blinded. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 15. Paul here is speaking of his own countrymen. Even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. When they read Moses, they should be seeing Jesus Christ, but they do not. Even though he is plainly set forth in the Old Testament scriptures for those willing to see him. You see, man has a natural opposition in his heart to God's truth. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 14. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them. You see, man by means of mere human understanding and intellect is incapable of discerning spiritual reality. Apart from the work of the Holy Spirit, drawing the individual to faith, no one would ever and could ever come to God. And man is incapable of knowing his own heart without the work of the Holy Spirit. He does not realise the corruption within. In our open air work, so often we ask people, do you think you are a good person? And they say, yes, I do. Why do they think they're good? 
because they conform to the propaganda which the media gives them every day. I go along with that, I must be a good person. Balaam here was a skilled religious practitioner, but he did not know his own wickedness. He happily communicated with evil spirits. Now, many people would have said, oh, he's a really spiritual man. He was privileged by God's amazing grace to have the one true God speak to him, but not because he truly loved God. He, of course, did not have the Holy Spirit dwelling in him. Nor had he ever repented of sin as a hopeless wretch. So in his spiritual blindness, he does not see the angel of the Lord standing right in front of him. But the ass does, verse 23. The ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way and his sword drawn in his hand. And the ass turned aside out of the way and went into the field and Balaam smote the ass to turn her into the way. So the ass seeing the Son of God turns off the road, goes into a field. But Balaam strikes the ass with his rod for doing so. Verse 24. But the angel of the Lord stood in a path of the vineyards, a wall being on this side and a wall on that side. So the ass now seeks a passage through some vineyards. But the path is again blocked by the appearance of the Son of God. This time there is no field to to divert into because there is a wall on both sides of the path. Verse 25. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she thrust herself unto the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall, and he smote her again. So on this narrow, wall-lined path, Balaam's foot is now injured, as the ass tries to avoid going ahead. Balaam's anger increases, and he again punishes the innocent beast. Instead of considering that providential obstacles are being placed in his path. As he simply hopes to be able to curse Israel. He is stubbornly resisting the Holy Spirit's work on his conscience. Now this is again typical of every non-Christian today. Persistently hardening his heart against God's gracious drawing of him. 
People reject God because of their own stubborn willfulness. Not because God has not spoken. And not because they have insufficient evidence. They reject God because they prefer darkness to light. Our Lord himself tells us that that is why people rejected him. They preferred darkness to light. But they make excuses. Why does he allow all this suffering? They put God on trial when they are the ones on trial. God speaks to men. He's so gracious. The Lord Jesus Christ is speaking to men all the time, drawing them to himself. Proverbs 1 verse 20. This speaks of Christ under the image of wisdom. Wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief places of concourse. How long, ye simple ones, when ye love simplicity? Turn ye at my reproof. Verse 24 of Proverbs 1. I have called, and ye refused. I have stretched out my hand, and no man regarded. You see, people do not have to go searching to hear God speaking to them. They don't have to go into some remote place or go up a mountain because God is crying out to them in the places which they normally frequent. That's if the church is doing its job and The churches are there in the public places. But God also speaks through circumstances, through people's consciences. God speaks through the natural creation. And above all, God speaks to man through the preaching of the gospel. So the vast numbers of people who ignore us when we are publicly proclaiming the gospel in the high streets, they will not be able to say on the day of judgment, well, God never spoke to me. Oh, yes, he did. Acts 17, verse 26. God hath made of one blood all nations of men. Why has he made us? That they should seek the Lord. That's why we are here, to seek God. And find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. We have life today. That is God speaking. To every single non-believer. The sun rose this morning. 
That's God speaking. You are without excuse, those who reject Jesus Christ. The very purpose of man's creation is that he might know God. And it is not difficult to find God if you want to. It is only the stubbornness of men who prefer their sins which make it hard to find God. Now Balaam here, as he sees the Son of God in his path, how close to God he is. The second person of the Trinity, the creator of the universe, is standing in front of him. But in his human pride and worldly infatuation, he cannot see what his ass can see. Verse 26. And the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left. So the Son of God now positions himself in another restricted passageway, which Balaam simply cannot go around. And this vividly demonstrates the difficulties that men create for themselves when they ignore God. Verse 27, when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she fell down under Balaam. And Balaam's anger was kindled, and he smote the ass with a staff. The ass knows that she cannot advance another step, yet being viciously goaded forward by her rider, she has no choice but to buckle her legs and fall down on the spot, leading to another furious beating from Bala. Now this soothsayer, this false prophet, is able to foretell the future and receive visions and revelations, but he cannot control the passions of his own fallen nature and that is why today we do not need manifestations of signs and wonders to bring people into the Christian faith what we need is Christians who are holy people that's what we need And so, Balaam here reveals the true condition of his heart. He gets offended and even angry when he is confronted with God's truth. And that's the situation of every non-believer. They get angry when you tell them the truth of God in Jesus Christ. Now, when Paul was preaching to the crowds in Jerusalem in Acts 22, and verse 22, we are told 
They gave him audience and then lifted up their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for it is not fit that he should live. They cried out and cast off their clothes and threw dust into the air. They could not stand to hear the Christian gospel proclaimed. Now many might argue today, oh well, Paul was not loving enough, that's why they didn't like what he said. Well we won't even deal with that foolish argument. Psalm 2 verse 1, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. We live in an anti-Christian world. We live in an anti-Christian nation. Our foreign secretary says that the proudest thing he ever did as prime minister was redefined marriage. So the proudest thing he did was reject the commandments of God. How we need to pray for that gentleman. But you see, we must not think there's a basic sympathy for Christian things out there. There is not. The establishment, the media, the politicians, they can't stand Bible-believing Christians. They despise us. Now our task is to declare the truth, not to try and be everybody's friend. Verse 28. And the Lord opened the mouth of the ass, And she said unto Balaam, What have I done unto thee that thou hast smitten me these three times? So the Lord miraculously causes Balaam's ass to utter human speech, which is a miracle. Now, we do not read that Balaam is surprised at this, nor his two servants, nor the Moabite envoys who were with him. This suggests that he may have been accustomed to consult with evil spirits, even through the medium of beasts. Now, while Balaam is made to hear and understand the words, those with him do not. Just as those with Paul on the Damascus Road did not hear the specific words spoken to him, by the Lord Jesus Christ from heaven, though they did hear a sound. It is likely then that the groanings of the ass were miraculously transmitted into Balaam's mind as being true speech, without the ass's words being comprehensible to those standing by. This in no way lessens the miracle, it heightens it. Verse 29, and Balaam said unto the ass, because thou hast mocked me, 
I would there, I would there were a sword in mine hand, for now I would kill thee. Again, we see Balaam's slavery to his lusts, in particular to anger. Also, a godly man will treat his animals well, because that's what the Bible teaches. But the wicked Balaam wanted to kill the ass which has been his faithful servant for a long time. Verse 30, And the ass said unto Balaam, Am not I thine ass upon which thou hast ridden ever since I was thine unto this day? Was I ever wont to do so unto thee? And he said, Nay. So the great prophet and soothsayer is being humbled by the words of a common beast of the field. Verse 31. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand, and he bowed down his head and fell flat on his face. Balaam is now made to see the Son of God standing before him. He has no choice but to prostrate himself before one who is infinitely greater than he. In like manner, those not trusting in Jesus Christ on the day of his return will be made to fall down before him as he wields his sword of perfect justice. So in these verses we see the Son of God confronting a false prophet. And we are being taught vital truths about the dangerous condition of every single non-Christian today. Firstly, he does not understand God's unchanging nature, his absolute power, and man's utter weakness before him. Secondly, the man without Christ does not understand that he is spiritually blind, that his heart is corrupt, and that he lacks true wisdom. Thirdly, the non-believer is constantly hardening his heart against God's gracious drawing. He is not listening to God speaking to him because he stubbornly prefers his sins. And fourthly, we learn from this passage that the man without Christ gets offended and angry when the Son of God stands in his way and confronts him with his sin. We therefore, in love to our neighbour, warn all those not trusting in Christ today, happily living in rejection of him, be aware that he stands in your path with a sword drawn, just as he once did before Balaam. Therefore, we warn everyone without Christ today, bow down quickly before the Son of God, 
or else you will be eternally lost. Amen.